Oh, do you think the story will keep you up at night? Or to be honest, to, this Or is... do you think you will be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to... Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, the smiler, uh, I'll be all right. The, the decapitation one of the child is pretty dark. Yeah. And welcome back to another episode of the Bug and Rug podcast. As always, my name is Caitlin, and I have another special guest with me. Well, the same, well, the same guest that I had last time. Not a special one. <laughs> it, it loses its. Introduce yourself. Jack. <laughs> and today we're bringing you another story that may or may not keep you up at night. Hopefully, by the end of it, we will all still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. But only time will tell. Only time will tell. Yeah. Have you ever been to an amusement park? <laughs> yeah. Ever? Yep. What did you like about it? <laughs> um, I don't remember a single thing from Walt Disney World except the time... I was having an absolute nervous breakdown on the rock and roller coasters. My oh. sister wanted to ride it. Yeah. My dad had to calm me down. It does like that launch. Yeah. He was looking over and about died because he hit his neck on like the side of because it like goes around your head. Yeah. He was looking past it and smashed his head. How old were you? Six. Oh wow. Okay. Mm. We. I don't. I still don't. I really don't like going upside down. Yeah. I think I've slightly. Like one loop would be okay? Yeah. But not. I don't know how many. I don't like the feeling of my stomach in my chest. Okay. It's not really the fear of like being upside down. Yeah. I don't like that the feeling. feeling. I got you. I got you. That makes sense. Well, my my favorite ride at Disney was the Tower of Terror. Did you ride that one? No. I love that ride That's so much. Same. Oh my God. Drops are the same. No, it was amazing. The theming was immaculate. I've never watched the Twilight Zone but I felt like I had. <laughs> I don't know if space... I like Space Mountain. Yeah. I don't remember a single thing about it. Space Mountain was Whitney's favorite ride when we went. Um, the only thing I remember, we went to... Is it Blizzard Beach or something? It's one of the... I don't know. Water places. We There's, didn't go to I don't like places. swimming. Love water parks. Really? You really <laughs> well, to, you don't really have to, to swim. swim yeah. Park. And we rode... The bid, it was like not a great day. I mean, it wasn't like raining or anything, but it was like 70. Yeah. When it's in Kissimmee or whatever it is. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Florida. I don't know. People were like, oh my God, it's snowing. <laughs> we, Nobody was there. And there wasn't like a, we rode, it was like one of the family donuts. Yeah. Rapid water thing, I don't know. Yeah. And then... Like, we'd finish and we'd just run right back up. Yeah, and do it again. <laughs> the My dad and I also have a thing. We, soon as the, if we go somewhere where the park, like, opens and we're one of the first ones there, we always ride the water rides first. Yeah. That was the reason we're just wet already. Yeah, and then you so, can dry off, like, all day. Yeah. Yeah, that's smart. 
I never really liked the water rides because I didn't like getting wet. But we rode the one where, yeah, I think it's the same one that you're talking about. It wasn't at Disney. It was, I don't know. All of them have it where you sit like six people in a circle and you just like float around the, the rapids. Th- those ones, this one, the one at Disney was slight. It was like a big wide water slide yeah but i like those ones those are my favorite um <laughs> the, like, we, rapids yeah, yeah yeah i was gonna say i vividly remember one time riding that ride with like whitney and like a couple of her friends and like none of us got wet except for one kid <laughs> because it just so happened that like every waterfall we went under like it turned like at the last second and he was like absolutely soaked and he was pissed about it like it was very funny i had a good time Anyway, if you haven't guessed, the story's about amusement parks. So I did. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. This is about amusement parks. And we are going to turn into a little bit of a history podcast here for a second. Um, None of this really has a lot to do with the story, but I thought it was interesting. So according to the Guinness World Records, an amusement park formerly known as Dyrehavsbakken... D-Y-R-E-H-A-V-S-B-A-K-K-E-N. Is it German? Um, I think so, yes. Yes, yeah. Denmark. It's in Denmark. Um, So this word translates to the deer pastures hill. Um, It can translate to some other things, but that was basically the most commonly referred to translation. It's actually the oldest operating amusement park on record, um, Bakken, or simply the hill is what it's known as, is located in Klampenburg, Denmark, which is about six miles north of Copenhagen. That seems like a fancy place that people know about. Copenhagen's their capital. There we go. <laughs> it's at least one of the, I don't know if exactly, if it is the capital, Yeah, but it's at least one of the biggest cities. Right, right, right. So the area where the park is located was found by Kirsten Pill when they discovered a natural spring in present-day Jägersborg Dry Have or Dry Haven. It's kind of where the name came from, I guess. So people flocked to this area because the spring had such good water water quality compared to other places at the time, and the large large crowds that gathered started attracting like entertainers and hawkers and different spectacles, and this laid the groundwork for what the park is today. And it is now a part of the hundreds of amusement parks you can find around the globe. You had a question? Is this it? I don't know if this is in Denmark. Is this the place where we can cut this at this moment now? If it's not, <laughs> and if we start back up, it's me just starting. It wasn't. It wasn't it. There's a place where it's a big like national park, mm-hmm. and there's like water features, and there's like coming from like a big hill, and like when it comes down the hill, like over here, like. A fountain shoots, and then some, like, over here is where there's, like, shooting water. Is that not it? I don't know. Uh, what? I Honestly, I didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't look up anything about this amusement park besides what I just told you. What that it was, was like, the, the oldest. It's spelled D-Y-R-E-H-A-V-S-B-A-K-K-E-N. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, it's this video, but I don't know. If you just start hit play, I did hit play, and okay. it was not the same place. <laughs> I was just gonna say, 
Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about something. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, anyway, um, that was just a fun tidbit that it was the oldest amusement park, uh, operating amusement park still. So it is difficult to gather information on amusement parks as a whole because they're actually all governed by different organizations. So the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission investigates serious accidents involving non-permanent rides, inflatables, and goal go-karts within carnivals, fairs, and other amusement parks that move from location to location. So any like county fair, like the Buckwheat Festival, if anything happens at one of those, it would be this this commission committee. So this task force does not deal with fixed site amusement parks such as Disney or Six Flags. The frequency of ride inspections, how and who report on accidents and injuries suffered at fixed ride parks vary depending on state regulations. This means it becomes even more murky when looking at amusement parks in different countries because, like, I don't yeah. know how that works. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um so, according to the BMW Law website, there were approximately 1,299 ride-related accidents resulting in injuries in amusement parks in the United States in 2019 alone. This number is actually lower than other years on record that I could find. And again, I think they were doing like all accidents, but that could be just statistics from either fixed amusement parks or non-fixed amusement parks. It didn't say that though, so I think it's all together. So most statistics show that the arms, legs, and head are the most likely to be injured in an accident. That seems pretty straightforward to me. While most of the injuries are soft tissue related, the most severe injuries that have been recorded have resulted in amputation of limbs and brain damage. It's a risk you gotta be willing to pay. So. Probably not, but you're paying something. Yeah, right, (laughs) it's not worth it. There have also been many fatal accidents that have happened at amusement parks throughout the years. Data collected by the CPSC from 1987 to 2000 showed there were a total of 63 fatalities in mobile and fixed site amusement rides combined, leading to an estimation estimation of 4.5 amusement ride-related fatalities in the United States per year. So that's a little bit older. It stopped at 2000. But I'm pretty sure, like, it'd be the same-ish. Yeah. It's not as much as you'd think. No. how many people you probably think go through. Yeah. Like. Yeah, 4.3. Every every single county, state, whatever festival. Yeah. To, like, Walt Disney World. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously more injuries than there are deaths, but. No one does it. Well. (laughs) (laughs) So accidents can be caused by several things. Obviously, most of the investigation looks to put it into these three categories, which seem pretty straightforward, but still. So one is the negligence on the part of the guest, including refusal to follow specific ride safety instructions or deliberate intent to violate park rules. So for example, there's stories out there of people standing up on rides and falling out or them going to retrieve things in like those fenced in areas and then getting hurt from that. So that would kind of fall into that category. The second would be the result of a guest's known or unknown health issues. That's why you read the sign. If you have any heart conditions, if you're pregnant, you know, yada, yada. Third is the negligence on the part of the park, either by ride operator or maintenance safety instructions or deliberate intent to violate park rules. So this would be them not getting it inspected or ignoring warning signs 
obviously that would be their fault. So obviously we're not in control of all factors that may cause an emergency, but there were some safety tips that we can follow to help lower the probability of an accident. And I, I was like, I had another episode where I did safety tips and I think it was the one where I talked about the stampede. So if you, I don't know if you listened to our podcast previously before being on it, but I did one about a stampede and it was tips to not get trampled essentially. So here are tips to not get hurt at an amusement park. I was going to read them, but like, in his mind. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want? I have them right here if you would like to do that. (laughs) You should. No. (laughs) Please be all (laughs) hundred. That's basic. I mean, those are, I mean, they're pretty basic. Always follow the required height, weight, age, and health restrictions for each ride. We kind of talked about that. Follow instructions from ride operators. Keep your hands, arms, legs, and feet inside the ride at all times, which doesn't always work for those ones where like your feet dangle. Your legs dangle. But anyway, always use safety equipment such as seatbelts and safety bars and make sure they fit right. It's insane how many stories you can read about accidents where people just like unbuckled themselves. Like for what? I don't know. Anyway, I'm not blaming them. If you are worried about the ride or see something that doesn't look right, inform the operator and get off the ride or don't get on the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Common sense. (laughs) Not in like a mean way, just. Yeah. Honestly, if you have a, if you have a feeling or you see something. If you have a bad feeling, it's probably not. It's probably for a reason. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, um, I have two amusement park ride accidents that I will be sharing with you now trigger warning these are pretty gruesome so a lot of it is going to be background but you know the actual accident itself is pretty jarring so just a heads up for that so the first one we actually watched a video on this is why i decided to do this topic i'm not skipping amos's story i promise i will do that next episode but we were watching, I very much got into um, a YouTube channel called Defunct Land, and they do episodes about amusement park rides that no longer exist. And that kind of turned into me watching YouTube videos about problematic roller coasters or incidents at, you know, whatever. And I think we were talking about it, and you mentioned the, the, the Smiler because yeah. you had seen the video before. Yeah. And I did not link to the video, but you can actually go online and watch the accident happen. You don't really see anything because it's like CCTV camera footage, but it's still, I mean, not great Yeah, to watch. It's dark because you know what happens. Right. Um, but I got very interested in the background as to why this happened. And so I will share it with you now, even though you probably know a lot about it. I was there. What? <laughs> no, you weren't. So the Smiler is a steel roller coaster located at Alton 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 Towers. Yep. Alton Towers in Staffordshire, United Kingdom. United Kingdom. <laughs> United Kingdom. Construction began by the manufacturer Gertzlauer Gertzlauer in late 2012. It is designed with a metallic spider-like structure that serves as a center point for the track. In advertising, this structure was referred to as the marmalizer, and each leg is supposedly has a distinct function to manipulate riders into smiling. The 
advertising for the Smiler is, is wild. It is, it's insane. It's one of the two. I'm pretty sure there's two, right? There's like one and like the Smiler's back. Yeah. Easily the creepiest videos ever watched. Yes. The whole point is that you're basically being hypnotized into smiling, essentially. But it's very creepy. And uh, if you go and watch... Like, they're like short, scary movies, I feel they're, like. They're terrifying. They're, it's not for children. They're, imagine, like, a high school, like, what is it, like, on AV class? Yeah. yeah. Like, making, like, a, like a murder mystery. Like, Blair, yeah. like, what's the one where they're in the woods? Like, like the Blair Witch Trial? Yeah. Like, trying to make, like, a haunted, like ghost yeah. murder movie yeah. and have 30 seconds to do it <laughs> right and you end on a roller coaster like that's what it is but anyway it, that part doesn't really really matter but the 3838 foot roller coaster intertwines within itself around the quote-unquote marmalizer and a wraparound screen that displays graphics fitting the theme so it will have the hypnosis or it'll have voices that are saying like join us or whatever and then it'll have like a really creepy smile so a total of 1,200 people per hour could theoretically ride in the 16-seat trains that operate. And they're dang your legs dangle, right? No. No, it's no, they closed. Don't. It's a closed one. You're right. So, um, but it's four rows. So yeah, four, 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 and four. Yep. So Alton Towers was pleased with the number of occupants the ride could have because it was actually very popular due to the fact that it was a world record holder for most inversions on a roller coaster, boasting 14 in total. And I think it still holds that title, I believe. Probably. Which is pretty crazy. So the grand opening of the ride was scheduled for March of 2013, but was pushed back twice due to the construction delays and then technical issues that stranded first riders on the first lift hill. Thankfully, excited park goers only had to wait until May 31st, 2013 to finally be able to see like what the hype was about. So after settling into seats, passengers are dispatched from the station and immediately enter into a sweeping drop 180 degrees to the left that contains a heartline roll, which is basically like you just like flip over yeah. horizontally, like to the side. Yeah. Um, just really quickly, and then you slow down before ascending the first lift hill. Now, everything I'm about to explain, I did link to. There's a YouTube video of someone riding it, so you can go and watch it, because a lot of these, I didn't quite understand what the different inversions inversions were, because the Heartline roll counts as one. They're not like all like loops, obviously. So at the top, riders drop into another 180-degree right turn before banking into a downward corkscrew, which is followed by two consecutive dive loops. I'm not going to explain any of those because they looked the same to me when I looked them up online. <laughs> so the train then travels over a small hill before entering the largest element that consists of a sidewinder and reverse sidewinder. After another corkscrew, the train ascends a second lift hill at a 90-degree vertical angle. It then enters a drop that takes riders into a downward corkscrew as they bank to the left, which is followed by a sea serpent roll. A small drop sends passengers into a cobra roll, two consecutive corkscrews, and then back to the home gate. Now, I explain all of this because we have to go over kind of how roller coasters work. So you see how many elements there are and there's two lift hills in this whole thing 
So within the entirety of the Smiler, there are nine blocks to this roller coaster. So blocks are different sections of the track that are identified separately in a computer system. So this is described by Nemesis94DJW on YouTube as a red light, green light system, which keeps tracks from entering blocks that are already occupied. Now this YouTuber has three videos on the Smiler, like that's what the thing is, and I linked to that as well. I mean, it helps me a lot, so you guys can go. But this is kind of like a very short description because he explains how the computer system works and all that. We don't really need to know that. All we need to know is that basically the system, if a train is in block one and it has a red light, it has to wait until the train in block two enters block three. The train in block one will then get a green light to move into block two because there's no train in block two. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like a like a bus or subway system. Like, yeah. Like you have your two subways in the same stop. Like, right, right. Exactly. And so this is this is why there's nine I say there's nine blocks and they contain all these different elements to them. On the Smiler, block one consists of the first inversion, the heartline roll, and then the brake hold. So the heartline roll and then you slow down. Block two is just the first lift hill. Block three contains six inversions and then the brake hold. Block four is the second lift hill that you enter. Block five contains seven inversions and a brake hold. Block six is a station hold. Block seven is a transfer track. Block eight is another station hold. And block nine is the stations, station for guests to enter the ride. So in the Smiler, it is one of those roller coasters where people get off. So then people who are waiting in line, is just like an empty train. So you're like, oh my God, like where'd they go? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why there's station holds and things like that. The transfer track is in the middle to help with that, obviously, but it also is the track that can move to to put the trains onto like the running track. So it's like, right, it's mushed right in between there. Any questions this far? Got it. Okay. So the roller coaster was very popular amongst park enthusiasts. Obviously people like came just for that. Like they like booked tickets and when actually when they didn't open on the opening day, they had to get refunded all their money and then get like new passes to come back. Cause people like, it's a world record holder. Like people bought tickets just for this. Anyway, it normally had a full queue. On June 2nd, 2015, the park was having a busier day than normal, so the line for the Smiler was at full capacity. Like, straight up. Straight up full capacity? I'm not lying about that. <laughs> so at 1.06 p.m., the decision is made to add a fifth train to the track in order to combat the long lines. So they had four trains running with no issues so far, but it was getting, like, obviously probably peak time, you know, afternoon. And so they decided to add a fifth train. Two mechanical technicians, this is important, mechanical technicians are sent to, ch to check the fifth train over and get it ready to move on to the track. But just two minutes after they arrive, a fault appears on the ride operator's screen. The ride operator is the person that is up there pushing all the buttons and turning the keys to get the cart to go. So the mechanical technicians who were up in the, you know, wherever they keep the trains, come down and help clear the fault and decide that they should just add the fifth train now because operation has stopped. This fault specifically was just because the ride operator like held the buttons too long. And so it was like, well, what are you doing? And it like kind of just stopped everything. 
So according to the official timeline released, the ride operator basically cycles trains through the ride until there are no more riders sitting in any of the seats. The mechanical technicians then add the fifth car to the track. The ride operator then cycles all five of the trains through the ride in order to test the new car on the track. So the transfer track is basically in the middle of the two station holds and the two stations. So it's in the middle. So he has to cycle through basically almost all of the cars, maybe not the last one, in order to get that one out. Does that make sense? Yes. So at this time, winds are reaching approximately 38 miles per hour, which is like a little bit higher than what the designer of this roller coaster says you should be operating it at. Um, So they're like on the cusp, if not over. So this is unfortunately slowing the trains down significantly, especially since right now they're empty because they're just testing them. It decreases their speed so much that one of the trains does not have enough momentum to move from block three and into block four, which is the second lift hill. So it gets stuck on one of the inversions. So this stops all movement of the trains at 1.19 p.m. with three waiting in the station and one stopped at block one, which is the brake pad before going into the lift hill. This is important. And then the train in block three that's stuck. Now, two electrical technicians are then called to come help move the missing train into position where it can make it back to the station. This YouTube channel goes into all the different ways you can move trains to get them started again. For this one, in this specific spot that it was at, they just had to push it to, until it got into the second lift and then it could just like chuck up the hill. So once they do so, the original mechanical technicians who were trying to cycle, get the fifth train on the track, leave. Okay? They leave. And in all of this hubbub, it is apparently miscommunicated how many trains are supposed to be running on the Smiler at this time. So the electrical technicians and the ride operator count the four trains that are in the station and are like, yeah, that's 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 it. Because the, the one that was stuck got all the way back to the station, and so then they have the four that are in the station. But not the one. But not the one that is in block one. Waiting. Waiting to go up the lift. Yeah. Don't know why. I don't know why. When, uh, I don't know what happened. Okay. <laughs> okay. They try to start it again. The cart that is in block one goes up the lift hill and tries to go through the roller coaster but it gets stuck at the second inversion and so there's another fault and no cars are being allowed to flow into block three because of this it comes up on the ride operator screen that there's another fault but they just cleared this fault and moved on because the electrical technicians who are not here from the beginning didn't know we were adding a cart and so they presumed that this fault was basically overflow from the last one being stuck and them like being out on the tracks because they had to like obviously walk out there to like push it and so they just cleared it and we're like oh we're fine around 1 25 p.m the ride operator opens up the station and 16 guests enter the train that is in arrival state i don't know where they get on whatever where they're leaving from yeah however the computer system recognizes that an item moved into block three but nothing has moved into block four so once again it stops everything when it stops, the train full of riders is actually at the top of, li- of the lift in block two. 
because the computer sensors, like, they're like, nothing's moved. I know you cleared it, but there's yeah, still, something something's wrong. So the electrical technicians come back. Again, not the mechanical technicians that were here from the beginning. The electrical technicians that came to help basically push the cart. They just still think that there's only four trains running. So they count the three in the station. And then the one that is stuck on the lift hill. And they're like... Yeah, must I don't know, must be a bird. That's weird. And they go to clear this fault. In order to clear this fault, this is the most mind-boggling part for me. In order to clear this fault, one of these technicians has to walk onto the track to basically to the end of block three, like where it's signaling, like nothing went past it, and press a button while the ride operator and the other technician have to press buttons inside. Now, they can't see each other because inside it's a it's actually enclosed in a building. The stations are in a building and there's like no windows. There's CCTV camera, but it doesn't show everything technically. So they just press these buttons they again just think it's a carryover from their them messing with it before and then they're just like yeah that's that's fine and they press it and everything starts again so the train that has been at the top of lift one in block two is sent into block three by the ride operator because he got the go-ahead by the electrical technicians and this train unfortunately goes down the hill and collides with the train that was stuck in the middle of block three at approximately 44 miles per hour, which is like, if you're in a car accident, it would be equal to like a 90 mile per hour car accident because of the The, forces. You're not on a a road, you're coming straight down. Yeah. So witnesses hear a loud crash. Four minutes after the collision, an emergency notice is sent throughout the park. And two minutes later, a scaffold is being erected in order to reach the riders because where they are, in order to get that cart out of that specific inversion, they actually would have to get a crane to come and take the cart off. You're like, you can't push it. It's like in the middle of like a valley. Yeah. So they can't get to them and they're like 25 feet in the air, obviously, because roller coasters like aren't on the ground. Well, most of them aren't. And uh, so they're like trying to climb to get to these people. So 10 minutes later, emergency services were called and the park was actually evacuated and closed. Everybody had to leave. The passengers on the ride were stuck for several hours as teams tried to get them down. I mean, it was a big, it was a big thing. So 11 passengers required medical attention and five aged 17, 18, 19, 27, and 49 were seriously injured. The four younger individuals suffered, quote, significant lower limb injuries. That's all that was really written on the report. These four were airlifted to trauma centers in Stoke and Coventry for treatment. The two women subsequently required partial leg amputations in the weeks following the incident. So investigation into the accident found that the crash was ultimately caused by overall human error, obviously. So it'd be in the, when we talked about what could go wrong, it was basically negligence on the part of the operators. And Again, the YouTube channel that I looked at goes into a lot more like what went wrong. But basically, they did and they didn't follow protocol. The The big thing that they didn't follow was that the mechanical technicians like left without, in theory, their job being resolved. Yeah. Because they didn't sign off on that fifth car. They were just like, oh, it's fine and left. Now, you can blame them, but also, according to some of the rules that different parks follow, 
Like sometimes if there's a bigger emergency, they have to leave. If they have been working for so long without a break, they have to leave because they worry about people getting too tired and not paying attention essentially. So it it could have been something like that. A lot of the stuff that this guy looks into, he actually contacted the official investigation and got like the official report. A lot of it's redacted. So he doesn't know what went wrong. We're, We're just speculating at this point. So, I mean, it comes down for, you know, poor safety controls, um, a complicated situation, maybe poor timing because they didn't really have poor training. I'm sorry, not poor timing because they didn't really have a check off system. Yeah. Like the electrical technicians just came and when there's a fault, they're just like, oh, it's done. Like they don't have to check. They don't have to go out and check that block, you know, in person or on camera or whatever. That and they're probably just naturally rushing because they're like, all these people, this is packed. Like we need to get these people through. Well, and they actually stated, the workers stated that they, that the the park put pressure on them to do exactly that. And so they were like, what's the park's fault? Because we're working under these conditions. So it was, it was a huge thing. So the theme park owners, Merlin Attractions Operation, admitted to health and safety failings over the crash and were fined 5 million pounds. I don't think the individuals were fined at all. I think it basically the park got blamed. The park itself actually saw a drastic drop in visitor numbers and revenue. And I'm not 100% sure if that's been fully rectified, like if they're even back to where they used to be. So yeah, that's the end of the first story. Don't ring the front, kids. I, honest to goodness, that's what I've thought like this whole time. Like a lot of these stories are like, obviously like trains crashing into each other so like if you're in the front seat like you isn't that wild and i'm a huge fan of like riding in the front seat it's disappointing to me i'm sorry it's fine it's fine it's fine anyway that one's really scary to me and also because they were stuck there for like hours yeah waiting to like get down and like you didn't say this but a lot of it was like just physical body damage due to how much blood they lost. Yeah, That's because they were sitting I'm there sorry. for so long. Warning. No, it's true. Yeah, I mean, it's true, though. Was I mean, it was like a terrible thing, and it, like, could have been five? avoided. I think so. Yeah. I, I didn't... The resources that I had that I... When I was watching stuff before I did this story, I thought it said like five hours. I think that's what I told you. But when I was looking stuff up, I didn't see anything specifically about it. Something way longer than like what it. But you have to think too, like if they're up in the air and you have to build scaffolding and they have, I mean, they had to get their legs amputated. So it's got to be bad. You can't just like pick them up. Yeah. Like how would you put them in a gurney? Like how would you get them? You know what I mean? Like I think that's part of the problem too. Like you can't just... Oh, you're out of the seat. Like, here we go. Get me out of here. Right. Uh, Give me, uh, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> right. And, and. I gotta, I gotta do a couple things. We could, in theory, the front seaters who had the worst injuries could have left, could have been gotten out in two hours, and then they just, the people with the smallest in the injuries yeah, were I'm taken just... out last. So it could have been something like that. I We're not, I'm not sure. Yeah. So if you want to look at any of this stuff, you can just, you know, Google the Smiler incident. Um, it honest, The terrible thing about it, you know what makes me feel the most terrible about doing this story? I would ride this ride. Yeah. It, if, it looks like fun. And that's, 
the one thing, um, Cedar Fair at Cedar Point, the I know a kid who broke his arm on the top of the old dragster. Oh my god! He's been once again. This was not. Uh, this was not park negligence. It was rider negligence. <laughs> yeah, he's like, dog, don't put your hands up. Yeah, in some lawn roller coaster, and he put his hands up in it, so that he had to ride the entire ride with a broken. That's terrifying. Humorous. Yeah. This is, I think this story is going to ruin, I, I don't want it to ruin parks for me, but always in the back of my head, it's going to, yeah. it's going to be there. Anyway, if you want to look at any of this stuff, you can um, go to the, my, the website, bugandrug.podbean.com and all the links for like, not the actual crash. If you want to see that, you can find it on your own, but the other stuff is on here. another story okay so verrucht 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 i'm not sure is a german word for insane um verrucht was a 169 foot water slide located at the schlitterbahn kansas city water park in kansas city kansas <laughs> how many times can you say kansas <laughs> i thought kansas city's in missouri or is there a kansas city kansas too i don't know am i wrong kansas city missouri's the main one, but it could be Kansas City, Kansas. I don't know what's across. A little bit of Arrowhead Stadium is in Kansas. That's all I know. There is a Kansas City, Kansas. There we go. See? Sorry. No, it's okay. So, the Schlitterbahn Kansas City Water Park in Kansas City, Kansas. Try saying that five times fast. The Schlitterbahn. So, the designer... The designers were John Shuley, a park co-owner, and Jeff Henry, which I don't honestly know how he was related to. It, it never says how he was related to the park. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So they wanted to bring people to the park, and they also wanted to set a record. They they basically, in all the videos you see of them, they're like, why not be the best? We want to go for, you know, the biggest and the wildest, so why not? And that's why they ended up calling it Verrucked, because they're like, oh, it's, in, it's an insane water slide, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so the construction of the rub ride began in 2012 and was actually featured on the show Extreme Water Parks that held a spot on the Travel Channel. So you can go watch them. They'll talk about it. That's what I'm saying right now. I watched some of these and they're like, why not go for the biggest ride that we went? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. It, okay. Sure. Sure. I don't know. These rides, it's a very simple ride and it's not one that I personally am like, I have to ride that one. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically, it sends three passengers um, buckled into a raft back to back, but they're in seats, Yeah. but they're just three in a row. They send them down a single drop. I'm sorry, I touched your foot. A single seven story drop that ends with a small five story hill that is supposed to slow their momentum before they eventually stop at the end in a pool of water. If you go down any water slides, I mean, that's how they all end you in like a small pool of water. So there's a metal safety netting that was placed surrounding the top of the entire ride that was secured by metal hoops. So it's like a tube, but the top of it's like a netting. It's open. Like, yeah. you can see through it, but it's just, like, a safety thing. Yeah. 
very simple ride. They, they just were going for the biggest, the tallest, I guess, technically. So they did reach out to multiple mathematicians and engineers, but they were pressed to complete calculations in a five week period instead of the normal period of three to six months because um, they wanted to get it done so nobody could beat them to it, essentially. Yeah. Like they wanted to get it done so they could get in the world record book yeah. and say that they we did like this for right now. Right. So this led to conflicting results as to what would be considered safe um, because they're, go- I mean, it's a lot of physics, obviously. I'm not great at physics, but I know it's a lot of physics. Um, so due to the lax state regulations at the time, the attraction was mostly made by trial and error that involved sending rafts with sandbags in them down to kind of like see what would happen. And you can see them doing this on that extreme water parks thing. It's pretty it's wild. It is insane. So a lot of these tests ended with sandbags and or the rafts in the sandbags, both being sent airborne. Like they show video of them going down and then going up that second hill and just like flying off into oblivion. It's wild. Also due to these lax state regulations, the park was actually allowed to self-inspect. So no outsiders really came to see what was wrong. So they allegedly reached out to get all these, you know, math. How tall should it be? What should the angle be at? Blah, blah, blah. But they kind of like built it themselves and like tested it themselves. And like, that was that. There was actually an unnamed lifeguard at the park that claimed that they never, they never saw a truly successful test run completed before opening day. Not with sandbags, not in theory with the people, because it shows them going down it too, but they definitely get airborne, just like not as much. But it's like three big dudes, so obviously it's not going to weigh as much as like the sandbags. But anyway, it's crazy. So, so this caused many delays in the opening of Verruckt, but they forged ahead due to the fact that they wanted to hold the world record. So in the end, the final design made rafts reach a maximum of 70 miles per hour with a height restriction of 54 inches. So I think you had to be 54 inches. Does that make uh, sense? At least, okay. Yeah. Um, weight restrictions for a total of 400 to 550 pounds for multiple individuals. So if you're riding three together, you had to be in between that. And below 300 pounds for single riders, which is slightly confusing to me. But again, I'm not great at physics. There was actually an age restriction as of 16 as per a safety consultant's suggestion because they felt like, I mean, smaller people, they weigh less, they're shorter, you know, you know. I mean, it makes sense to us, right? <laughs> now. <laughs> So at 169 feet tall, Verruckt officially became the world's tallest water slide when it opened on July 10th, 2014, with no age restriction. Keep that in mind. They went against their suggestions. So it surpassed a ride known as the Kilimanjaro at Aldea das Aguas Park Resort in Brazil, which previously held the title. And they only beat it by like a couple feet, I think. It wasn't anything crazy. So people flocked from all over to have a chance to ride a world record holding ride after it garnered national media coverage. And while many individuals claimed to ride the slide over and over again with no difficulties, Henry and Shuli noted them themselves, the designers of the ride, noted that many of the rafts on opening day were going airborne on the lower hump, sending individuals into the emergency netting, if only slightly. <laughs> But, like, that was that. That's what it's for. Yeah, it's what it's for. It's fine. 
So over the next two years, at least 13 individuals would claim to have suffered non-fatal but sufficient injuries from Verruckt. Now, several reports found that individuals came away with concussions and herniated discs, but these were allegedly covered up by the owners of the park. A lot of people were actually local locals or they're like, yeah, we come every year. So I think, you know, the charismatic owners were kind of like, oh, we'll take care of it. Oh, your back hurts. Yeah. Come, come, come free next time. Right. Exactly. It'll be grand. So this gets very terrible very quickly. So just ahead. I can't say that. Just so you know. Oh, no. <laughs> so. Spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> terrible spoilers. So on August 7th, 2016, 10-year-old Caleb Schwab climbed into a raft with two female passengers. Despite safety recommendations, Caleb, who weighed only 74 pounds, was allowed to sit in the front of the female riders, one who weighed 275 pounds and the other weighing 197 pounds. So in theory, he should have been placed in the middle seat, so the weight was more equally distribu- distributed yep. um, because the trio was already pushing the limits. They they weighed in at like 445 or no, I'm, excuse me, 545 or something like that. And like they were supposed to be under 550. So they were already very close. So the group of riders unfortunately went airborne during the ascent of the second hump and impacted one of the metal support braces of the netting. One of the women suffered a broken jaw while the other suffered a facial bone fracture and needed stitches. Um, Caleb was actually decapitated. So an investigation into the tragedy found that the safety netting violated guidelines set by the American Society for Testing and Materials Committee on Amusement ride and devices sorry that was a very long name the ride actually needed in theory if they were to keep everything the same like the ride itself they actually needed over the shoulder restraints like you would find in a roller coaster and an upstop mechanism on the rafts to slow their momentum before the hump an upstop mechanism has something to do with like the wheels on a roller coaster, like on the bottom. Is it the brakes that? that you oh, see? that come up, yes, yeah. and they catch on like the wheels of the roller coaster when yeah, you like they, slow down. They just for natural friction. I right, think. and and this didn't have any of that. It didn't have anything to slow them down. It was just a raft, and then like a smooth water slide. Like they didn't even put like sandpapery stuff on the. Like I know that doesn't make sense, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. like the. Something. Something. It was just straight smooth. So Caleb Schwab's father was actually a legislator at the time, and he pushed others to vote with him in order to require amusement park attractions in the state to be regularly inspected by outside sources. Because remember, they just did it themselves. Like, they had no restrictions whatsoever. And I think it passed. I hope so. There was some other stuff that passed after this as well, but... So criminal charges that included manslaughter, aggravated battery, aggravated child endangerment, interference with law enforcement, and second-degree murder were brought against Tyler Austin Miles, who was a former director of operations at the park, and both of the designers of the ride, John Shuley and Jeff Henry. Uh, These charges were all dropped in the end, which kind of made me, like, super mad because, like, clearly... 
like to me if you watch the video which i kind of knew what happened before but if you watch like the extreme water parks thing they're like dicking around you know what i mean like it's not like they're hey hey, hey. watch a sandbag go down the hill like that's what it is and i'm like you did you, did you see how much you see it fly well, that's literally what it is and then they're like all three of them go down and they're like oh we're fine and then and then like there was some like news reporter whatever that was like oh yeah i wrote it like 10 times i'm like yeah but you're also like six two 200 pounds like it's gonna be different for you than smaller you know what i mean yeah, like people that weigh it right seven year old exactly so although the charges were dropped the schwamp family did settle with several parties for approximately 20 million dollars while the other female riders settled for an undisclosed amount of money i don't think they ever went to court the female riders and they're not named at all so i don't know them but i don't know them i don't know any of these people but um Varak actually did not run again um they closed it down that day if you go to look there is news footage of this just be forewarned that you don't see anything gruesome but you do see like the water is straight blood like you will see that and it is very um jarring i was not expecting that and that is a what happened but it was actually, it was not run again. It was actually torn down in late 2018. So the park's reputations and finances were negatively impacted, obviously. And it has since closed. That park has since closed. And then Schlitterbahn's other parks were actually sold to Cedar Fair in 2019. I think they had two others, two, two others that were specifically named, but it could have been more than that. But um, this one, I mean, both of these stories were clearly negligent of on the parks side yeah. or designer side this one is also the one though where i texted you there was on opening day you can see like news footage and they interview this little child and he's little like he's tiny like he has to be i mean caleb was 10 this kid was probably 10 or somewhere around that age clearly too small and too young to ride the ride but the news person was asking them, like, oh, do you think you're going to ride the ride? And the ride's, like, in the background. And the kid just goes, no. And then the news person's like, well, why not? And he's like, because it's scary. End of interview. I was like, oh, okay. So anyway, that's the end of my story. I feel like we should all just take a moment of seriousness. Because I we laughed through a lot of that. But it's actually a terrifying thing to have happen. Especially to a 10-year-old. Yeah. Not that the other people, obviously, but it, th- that, those were young people as well. Yeah, that a situation like that obviously affected the 10-year-old and his family. Yeah. But everybody else saw it, too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And there's some interviews of people who were who were there. But you can find those. People were talking about it, like people who work there. Actually, there was a... The weird thing to me is, like, there was... they. Are, interviewed other people who came to the park like after this happened and this one guy who was interviewed like i get what he was saying but it was kind of weird because he was like well we didn't know whether to come or not because of what had happened because it was like the next week like the park opened back up and he was like we didn't know whether to come or not but like we promised our kids to come for the summer and like we like their kids were little he's like the kids don't understand like what happened so it was like a weird yeah and i guess 
I don't know how to word that. It's one of those situations where it's like, and it's dark, and it is, but I'm going to say it. Don't get me canceled. <laughs> like, something like that is going to, it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, that aggressively, hopefully never. But, yeah. like. Well, like and that's I, what I'm saying. Like, there's other stories of people being st- yeah. decapitated unfortunately at yeah. other amusement park rides like this was not the first one ever and like um, the same thing like i've been to cedar point i've been to king's island i've been to kennywood that don't murder us just now you know where we live <laughs> and, <laughs> people and, know where we live <laughs> the city at least if they're paying attention the, um, like people have definitely died there yeah probably in the same seat i've sat in and like you just kind of like that's a risk i gotta pay yeah well it's also like you you would never think it would happen to you just like you were saying like you would never think it would happen and especially to you or your family like you yeah i mean five five on average in the u.s every year like four yeah Yeah, four four and and a half uh, yeah half a person right yeah four to five um, there's up. Uh, there's a something. Oh, but yeah, it's. But like, yeah, there's probably so much. And in the situations when you think about it, and it's probably in the darkness of the man. Be like, probably not in this situation. Be like, oh, like the fifty-year-old, he, he he had he had a he had a stroke and then just happened to smash it. He didn't duck when he was supposed to. Yeah. I think bigger parks especially, they'll they try to... definitely cover that. For sure. The one that we talked about for the the Halloween thing, where it caught on fire, I'm pretty sure they tried to cover every... Like, all the stuff that they were doing wrong, they tried to cover them. These guys tried to cover up all the injuries before this one, so I and mean... Like they, and, like, they just... I mean, they lost their park, obviously, but... And, like, they just it off like, yeah hey like i know you lost your kid but like, here's 20 mil yeah exactly is that and like to me i wouldn't ne- obviously i never want to be in that situation i don't even know what those people if they <sighs> she's in the currents again like it would be such a hard decision to it's almost like you're choosing between justice and like getting all that money yeah. But I guess maybe, maybe in this scenario, they're like, well, if we technically get all that money, the park has to close. Yeah. And like, like, I don't know if that was a direct result of them winning that that lawsuit, but, like, it could have been. And in those situations is what this one, obviously, was very, like, that happened. Yeah. Like, that's something you can't really hide. But, like, all the other ones are like, I broke my arm. Yeah. And they're like, and then you try to sue them, and they're like, you didn't break your arm. Yeah. And like, how are you going to prove it? Yeah, prove it. And you're like, oh, like, that's just, you're not paying attention, not listening to our rules. Like, on this, see this rule sheet behind this chair back there? Yeah. Rule number 875A, because you can't break your arm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, It's just sad. So, anyway, do you think you will. Oh, do you think the story will keep you up at night? To be honest, this Or do you think you will be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug? I'm sorry. <laughs> to... Hold on. <laughs> to be honest, the smile there, uh, I'll be all right. The, the decapitation one of the child was pretty dark. That yeah. Be. I think... I think I'll... 
I won't sleep great tonight. Yeah. But it is the smart they kind of scare me in two different ways. This one, if I knew the background and like who made it and I like watched the show like as they're yeah. making, I would never write it. Like honest to goodness, like I am not a person that would do that. I don't care how tall it is. Like yeah. if you watch the clips, like they're having fun and I think in the moment when people watched it like this was like, "Oh my gosh, like they're having fun." No. There's no way. Those things were flying off of that thing and they were laughing about it. And I was like, "We got 5 weeks, guys. We yeah. don't have time for this." The Smiler and ones like that, I think, are a little bit different because... That that one... That one on, like, any other day wouldn't have happened. Yeah. It and was a combination of... of things just not going well. There, there's a difference... There's a difference between basic just negligence of humans Yeah, which the corrupt was. Like, they didn't care. Yeah. They just wanted the world And the record. other one of just, like negligence on what's the word I want to use like guidelines and the following things and not like double checking each other and yeah. not like and just being like oh like this keeps happening like it's and I bet that happens all the time yeah like even well, in I different know, even professions this, oh this like... person's thing like this person's blood pressure like it keeps going down they're breathing they're fine like right and right and just Someone. Well, yeah, because the Smiler, too, like, it was the wind. It was, like, yeah. the guidelines, like you said, for the people's breaks. It was the people themselves. It was, when, you know, pressure to keep the line moving. And I guess, in theory, that one, on any other day, same thing. Like, if they, if somebody took the time, and I'm, this is another thing, which I always feel bad. Like, I feel like ride operators are always, like, 20 years old yeah and it's probably some old just have it go and so like, okay yes so on the youtube guy that i stated in the smiler when he goes over like how it works so the reason so many people get called in is because most systems or the smiler system has four different settings the ride operator can only work basically at one or two of those settings if something happens you actually have to have like a mechanical technician yeah. who went to school for something along these lines or had the more training and in like, theory had more and training if they, if they that person's supposed to if they tell you it's okay there's then it's nothing that's okay. yeah if they say it's okay it's okay like, yeah that's why i think it would be horrible to be the ride operator who was I'm assuming the only person that was there for the whole time. Yeah. Because in the back of their head, they're probably like, wait a second. We, I thought we, yeah, like, did something. And the electrical, electrical technicians are like, no, no, like, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure about, like, because you do see, they're like teenagers, like, yeah. running it. And but, I mean, honestly, a lot of it is computer systems now, like, the yeah. newer stuff. So, like, they can't really mess it up unless. Like, you they, override they, the system, they, which they did. Yeah, which don't override your systems, guys. Right. Like Believe the computer job. system. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's smarter than you. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, we've, we've learned that. <laughs> All right. Any last comments or questions? I don't know. I feel we ended kind of down. I'm trying to... It's a downer story. I don't know. I feel like we were having too much fun. Yeah, and at then... the beginning. Yeah. Music parks are fun. Follow the guidelines. Yeah. If you if, see something, 
If you see something, say, say something. something. Here, we can end on a happy note. I do this all the time where I'm like, yo, if you guys want to go somewhere, like, let me know. If you guys want to go to amusement park and you know who I am and where I live, hit me up. And we can go somewhere. We'll make plans. Yeah. Let's go to Alton Towers and ride Smiler together. If we both go, we can take two more people and we can all sit in the same row. Just not the first Just one. Just not the front. <laughs> or the back, I feel like. When you're on an airplane, where do you want to sit? First class. (laughs) (laughs) Where do I where do I sit in the back? (laughs) Alrighty then. First class. All right. So if you want to check out any photos, I will post them to our Facebook. I'll also post them to our Instagram and Twitter at bir podcast. If you would what? No, tried my job. Oh. If you would like to see the sources, which do contain like some of the videos that I said, which the news ones for the Verruckt, I'm not sure if those show like the blood in the water or not. So please be careful when you're looking at those. Um, but you can go to our website, bugnarunk.pombean.com. What else is there? Email us. Amos emailed us. I'm going to try to do his story for next week. I'm I'm going to keep saying his name because I feel like he might feel like I'm letting him down. I'm not. I promise. I'm going to write it. I just had, this was just a compulsion that I had to do this one. Um, but you can email us, podcast at gmail.com. Why do I always get that one wrong? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's right. Email us. It's fine. I'll do your suggestions. Maybe. I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Signing off. I'm Kaylin. Jack. Bye.